UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Blue Dog Man, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a, another fascinating guest with me today. I think you guys are going to be really impressed. I have with me the Past Lives Lady. Um, she also does Egyptian energy healing, Akashic Records. We're going to get into all that today because I had her on my show before, back when I didn't have as many fans. So I'd like to give a broad um, idea of everything she covers and who I'm speaking about is uh, Dr. Shelley Kayer. Um, out of Dallas, Texas. She has worked for thousands of people around the world, helping them to achieve greater peace and happiness in their lives. A world-renowned past life regressionist, Dr. Shelley's method of combining energy work and hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss. She received her doctorate of philosophy in parapsychology and science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology in 2001. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to my show, Dr. Uh, Shelley. Thank you for coming back on my show. How are you? Rob, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Um, so I think when the last time you came on my show, we did uh, Egyptian energy healing, which I kind of wanted to start with that because a lot of my fans um, might not have heard, might not be familiar with everything you do yet. So I kind of wanted to cover that again to start off and then we could get into your new books as well, because I know you have two new books out. Um uh, so wh wherever you want to start. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, in our last episode, um, we were talking about Egyptian energy healing. So um, I've written a lot of books because there's been so many weird things that have happened over the years. But I started teaching um, energy healing back in the early 2000s after I had had a near-death experience. And I just had a lot of energy being channeled through my body. I didn't know what to do with it. So I went on a journey to learn about how to even use that energy. And I really always wanted to be a regressionist as well. So um, I had a knowing that I received that these two things needed to be combined. And so um, I taught several different kinds. I, I taught a lot of Reiki and then I had developed this um, technique called galactic healing that then evolved into an epiphany I had maybe back around 2015 or something, I, I had written a bunch of books for the Edgar Casey Foundation. And for listeners, Edgar Casey was, um, he's known as the world's greatest psychic or the father of holistic medicine. He lived back in the 1940s. He had gone to a hypnotherapist, went very deep into a trance and started channeling and telling people all kinds of things that they could do to cure illnesses when they weren't expected to live. Or he started talking to them also about their past lives. And so I had written some books about the healing properties of gems and minerals. I, uh, I've been writing about that for many, many years. And 
whenever I go into the life readings, what would happen is Casey was asleep when he would give all these readings. He gave 14,000 readings. Um, he'd had no clue what he was talking about. And so somebody had to write down everything that he was saying. And what ended up happening is that let's say he gave Rob a reading, but then we find out, guess what? What he told Rob also works for all of the rest of us too. And so they started realizing this is very valuable information. And one of the things that he used to recommend to people to help to transmute their karma and heal unwanted influences, that's what I call them from past lives, would be to place different gems and stones on the body or wear different kinds of jewelry with gemstones in it. So I wrote a couple of books about that. And every time I would dive into this vast library of information, um, I would have all kinds of ideas happening or just epiphanies. And so I was in there digging around because Edgar Casey entranced the source, they call it source, this being that he channeled, um, told Edgar Casey that he was a high priest in Egypt and gave a lot of readings to Egyptians uh, who are currently living in the modern times, or at least back in the 40s. And I certainly have encountered many reincarnated Egyptians myself, um, including yours truly over here. So basically, um, there was a whole body of readings there that I was, I don't know, even, I can't even remember, Rob, exactly what I was even looking for, because I can never remember it. But I saw some, a reading that he had given where he started listing out the symbols for the seven stages of man's development. And I had developed healing modalities before using symbology, but suddenly I just thought, oh my gosh, this is supposed to be a healing system where we're going to use each one of these symbols in, a, in an energy healing system. So I started working with other people and I ended up approaching um, the Edgar Casey Foundation that published my other books. And they said, yes, 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 we want this. So the book came out in 2019. Um, I just recently, I haven't even told anyone this, but I just got done teaching this in China. So that was really exciting. But then, you know, it came out in 2019. So I was getting ready to go all over the country or wherever with it. But of course, then we had the pandemic. So I think a lot of that is going to end up getting rescheduled for 2023. We're working on that now. But what I ended up doing was starting an online school. And so um, people can go take certification courses and things like that. You know, it, it's kind of like if you went to get a Reiki attunement and you wanted, let's say you liked Reiki. And so you started, you wanted to have to, you want to do that for other people um, more professionally than you would go become a certified Reiki master, for example. But the thing about this and all of the books that I write, including my past life books and other energy healing books that I have published is that, you know, I really feel it's important right now where we're at in this planet, in this society, that people are able to do this for themselves immediately without taking expensive classes. So if you read any of these books, the technique is actually in there with the symbols. So people can just read it and learn how to do it. But some people are like, wow, I love this. I, maybe they are healers and then they want to learn. Then they can go on my online platform and get certified in it if they want to. But it's just really at all levels. I've demonstrated on, on my YouTube channel. Um, if you want a little more, you read the book. And then if you really love it, you know, you can do whatever. Because I think we have to have all different levels, you know, of, of information being available to people right now. And then that has the, simultaneously, you know, I've been working as a past life regression um, therapist. And even my very first book that came out in 2002, 
that Dr. Moody and Dr. Weiss had endorsed, I always have a guided journey in there. Now my latest books have more like um, 50 guided journeys <laughs> that people can take because it's really important to me to put the stuff out because I really believe that people can you know, get apps, they can record these things, they can take themselves on some of these journeys and really get a lot of healing information because we have to have access to this information right now, as you know, because we're just in such a, a critical phase of our human society and development right now. So yeah. it's been a ride, Rob. That's all I can say. I think you're doing some amazing stuff. Now, I wanted to ask you this, and I think this is a really simple question, but it, it, it speaks in volume. And what I was going to say is, do we all have natural sigh and healing abilities? Like, do we all, are we all naturally psychic? And I kind of know the answer to this, but I just want to hear what you think. And do we all have natural healing? Can we all do this ourselves, the psychicness and the healing and stuff? Um, to me, the answer is absolutely Yes. Where people get um, kind of stumped on some of this, I think, is that we got like, even I would go to a meditation class with a bunch of people and they're going, wow, I just saw a technicolored unicorn galloping across the tundra or whatever. And you're thinking, wow, you know, I didn't see anything. You know, I had more of a feeling or some people hear the inner voice, you know. And so um, one of the things I'm trying to bring up to listeners and viewers is to remind you that you know, the creator puts you here. There is nobody else on this planet who has ever existed in the past or in the future that's exactly like you. So you have your own ways of doing things. I believe that we all have these abilities. They're dormant. We're not obviously white. We're, we're, we're getting better about learning them. But as long as you can learn what your way is and then start moving in that direction to expand that, then I think the answer is absolutely yes. That's so interesting. And what do you think? I, I think we do. I think we are because it's so weird. Like when, when I, you know, I, I know this, like for people that I interview and, and people that are close to me, like, you know, um, I, I know that my psychic skills are growing. Like I can't do a reading for someone right now, but like my intuition is really kicking in. It seems like the more I research, the more I meditate, it seems like, and I, I don't know if it has something to do with like, kind of like the awakening that we're going through that everybody, or maybe like our position in the galactic center of the universe. Uh, I know Gerald Clark used to talk about that, that it was sending some kind of energy that was kind of like changing the consciousness of man. So I always thought about that. And I was like, well, was that kind of what's turning my psychic abilities on? Because like I said, I can't do a reading, but my intuition is pretty good. And like, I get like these psychic knowing um, episodes where like, I know what's going to happen, especially if it's something bad, like my mind tells me what's going to happen in a situation. And then I'm like, and I think afterwards, I'm like, well, how did I know that? So it's, right. it's very weird. What, what are your thoughts on why you think it might be happening? I definitely think there's been, um, you know, real scientists that have studied the vibrational frequencies around the earth for the last several years, we really are going through shifts and changes. And then I think the other aspect is kind of like Carl Jung's collective consciousness. The more of us that start to think a certain way, then it starts to actually shift consciousness around the world. So I think there's a combination of that. Absolutely. I would agree that that's pretty cool. Now, now, one thing that you talked about in another show that I thought was really interesting was um, when you're doing past life regressions, you said there's a supernaturally induced past life memory. I thought that would be a good question to ask you about. Yeah, I, um, I was traveling around in different places and I, I had gone to Key West. I had a really, um, I, you know, Key West is a beautiful little town. I was on a cruise and 
there's what's not to love, but I had a very bad reaction there. And so when I left the place, I just kind of made a vow, which people tend to do. I I don't think I'm ever going to come back here again, because I think there's something there that is not agreeing with me. The minute I got home, um, some friends called and said, hey, you want to go on a cruise? And I was like, yeah, where are you going? And they said, well, we're going to Key West. And I was like, dang, I just vowed never to return there. So finally, Rob, I got it. Like I get, I need to get hit with a two by four over the head. Sometimes I said, wait a minute, maybe I need, maybe it's me. Maybe it's not them. Maybe I should have a regression. And I um, perceived myself out on a ship where I was a kind of a pirate and I was being very obnoxious. They dumped me overboard and I crawled to the shore and died. And so I had this regression, the same thing that I've done with clients where we were healing, we're cutting cords, we're doing all this forgiving and whatever needs to happen. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm really curious if this is going to help. So I went on the cruise, I went back and I went right up to the place that started giving me the troubles the first time. And I felt so much better that I went on this journey of starting to say, wait a minute, if this happened to me, this must be happening to other people. And what I found was that this kind of ab reaction, or even like if we love it, or we're like, whoa, I want to run kicking and screaming down the sidewalk. These reactions are happening to everybody. And so I made up this little word called supretrovy, which is what I, my weird word for a supernaturally externally induced past life memory. I've got case studies in um, this early book series that I did of people who they'd just go out and all of a sudden the modern buildings would fade away and they'd find themselves standing in a place that was hundreds of years old or maybe even thousands of years ago where there weren't any buildings around and and recalling these different things. And so um, I had a book come out from Llewellyn in about a year ago, December of 2021, which was my follow-up to my original work. Um, it's called Blast from the Past where I just went into other different ways that this can happen. Like you can meet someone, you can gaze into their eyes and, you know, just know that you've known them before, or you feel really comfortable with someone, or you just look at them from across the room and go, oh my gosh, I need to stay away from that person. You know, we all have those kinds of feelings. And so I was just pointing out that if we would just become more conscious of it and then try to actually you know, do a healing with it. I wasn't even going to do anything about this problem that I was having until it was kind of just shoved in my face. And I, I think that it's happening probably to everybody. We just get these different impulses. And so it turned out that, you know, I love Key West now, but I wouldn't have gotten to that place if I hadn't taken a moment to do a little healing around things. I think that's so cool. That's so interesting. Now, your new book is called Past Lives and Ancient Lands and Other Worlds. Can you talk about your work on that? Yes, um, this is filled with case studies that I've collected over the 20 plus years that I've been doing this. Uh, I think it's the book I've always wanted to write. I was going to write two separate ones, one called Past Lives in Outer Space, and then another one just about the ancient world. And um, my publisher, Llewellyn, said, how about both? So I have to say, if there's not something in here for everybody, then I just I don't have any more to give. Um, In part one, we talk about the ancient world and During the pandemic, I had a group of students who were taking classes for me on Zoom all the time. And, you know, obviously we didn't have anything else to do. So we did a lot of regression work during that time. And I realized during this period of confinement that if I present people with historical context, and this really came out of the Egyptian energy healing thing. Um, We were taking Egyptian energy healing classes. We started um, 
studying, I was talking to, to them about the ancient gnomes of Egypt, which, which were the city-states where people lived. So instead of just talking to them about Egypt, or let's go on an, a past life regression to Egypt, we were honing in on areas where they might have lived in prior lifetimes. And the regression process was a lot more vivid for everybody. They were getting a lot more details. And so in ancient lands and other worlds, I go obviously into Egypt because you know I love it. But we go into, we begin from the beginning of the historical timeline in prehistory, those cases, obviously Egypt, Mesopotamia, Persia. I've never written about those in, in any other books. There's a lot more people recalling lives in those areas, um, obviously Greece and Rome and, and the typical things. And then in part two of the book, we go into um, some of the far out case studies, because usually when somebody comes for, for a regression, they've got an issue. And so we're going to go back to the important event that would help to heal that issue, whether it's happened yesterday or whether it happened out on a spaceship on another planet. And so in part two, we get out into some people who believe that they um, either were extraterrestrials or perhaps they have made vows with ETs and all kinds of, you know, really far out case histories and lots and lots of guided journeys for readers to try this stuff out themselves. This sounds so interesting. And this sounds like right up my alley, it's like something that I would cover on the show. And what, what why I'm so excited about this book is like, I, I'd love to know, like, what kind of correlations you got on the ancient world? Like, is it like we've been told or are your students getting something completely different than what we've been told? Well, that's a great question. You know, I talk in there about um, there's, of course, Atlantis and Lemuria are in there. Uh, in the other world section. I consider Atlantis personally to be a real world. Okay, but theoretically, we still don't have proof of it. So I was talking about, um, I've shared historical stories and I've interspersed some case histories in this history that I'm telling people about. And there's a section in there called, you know, Lost and Sunken Cities, because even with Atlantis or some of these other places, some people in regression go, wow, I'm in this really ancient time. Um, I'm in this, this stone walled city, or I'm out by the ocean or something. And they'll say, well, you know, this place isn't here anymore. Like you've never heard of us or, you know, nobody's found this yet. And when we really look at what's going on, as you know, in archeology span right now, it's, it's just such an exciting time to be alive. I mean, while we're having this conversation, there is an ancient civilization that's probably being uncovered you know, through sonar in the ocean or ground penetrating radar and drones. And so there are studies in there from people who I'm suggesting, hey, you know, based on what they're saying, this might be someone who lived in Persia, but again, they didn't really name that. So it's just very, very interesting. Um, I think we're going to need to obviously rewrite all of our history books. And we're really beginning to come to a very, very different understanding of history than we ever have before. And just like we talked about a minute ago, the more of us who are finally starting to get on board with that, then maybe we're going to see some real changes, you know, to our textbooks and things. Now, did your students get any kind of um, uh, confirmations on like uh, cataclysms? Because I was thinking maybe that's why we don't know about some of these places, because maybe we've had, you know, and I've talked about this. I just had Matt LaCroix on my show. He thinks that there was a, a big deluge, like 12, I think it was like 12,000 years ago or something like that, that, you know, this, and it, it seems like every culture has a flood story. Like you go to Mesopotamia, they have a flood story. The Israelites have a flood story. Um, you know, even, I, I, I mean, I, you know, every culture seems to have a flood story. Did you get this as well? 
Yeah, there's there's case studies in there from people who survived cataclysms or didn't survive or they said, oh, my gosh, you know, a wall of water's coming. I'm getting ready to go. And then there's a journey in there also for people to heal from that if that has been an experience that they've had in a past life, because I agree. I mean, you know, we are so again, we're so lucky. I mean, we saw that hurricane come to Florida recently. I mean, God bless those people. Thank God we had that technology. Because otherwise, you know, you would have just been sitting there. You never would have known what was going to hit you. And so absolutely, I think a lot of these places are have disappeared. I talked a lot about Atlantis in the book. There's a whole huge section about that and the different phases of Atlantis and all the earth changes that went on there as well. And, you know, Plato put that out there that there was this wonderful civilization. It sunk under the sea, but we can't really definitively find it because it could be any number of a number of places that we're now discovering under the ocean, you know? So it's very yeah, interesting. It is. It's so interesting. And then I think as time goes on, I think we're going to get more answers. You know, like I, I, I know that when Matt was on my show, he talked about that they just found like a new city in Persia or what, what they, you know, what we thought was Persia. And the way he talked about it on my show, he said that connects, like, if you look at like the cuneiform tablets or whatever, that connects to like the places that they talk about in Sumer and the Indus Valley. So I think we were a lot like really connected as well. You know, they were more connected. And I think it was these gods. I'm not sure what you came up with with that. I'd love to ask you about that. Like, did your students get um, the gods? Did, did, were, they, were they there among us in those days? Oh, yes. Um, this is really where the whole book began was during the pandemic. We were, we had finished our Egyptian energy healing class and the students wanted more and they wanted to learn more about Egypt. That's when I started writing these new healing books about ancient Egypt and these city-states. And so we were working with the deities there. And then I've also got regressions in this book from people who, um, one, reports being there during in the Giza Plateau when they're building the pyramids and being told, don't look over there. Don't look at that god that's over here. And he remembered seeing this kind of escalator-looking thing, kind of like a conveyor belt, like a metallic thing, but being told, don't ever gaze at this, this individual, this being or whatever that's helping us right now, because, because if you do, you know, you'll perish or whatever, some authority told them not to do that. So it kind of reminds me of that, um, that Daniel Craig movie, you know, Cowboys and Aliens, only this one happens in Egypt, you know, where there's aliens there, but they're also like workers working on a structure. And he talked about levitating things and things like that. And um, yeah, and then there's um, another discussion in the book as well about someone who believed that he was one of the Anunnaki, the Mesopotamian gods. They believe this is kind of, I think, let me back up here. You know, I think that the ability to recall certain past lives has to come from something in our consciousness that then becomes familiar with those things. And so, you know, the Zachariah Sitchin book, like the 12th planet, this person had gone into a regression where they believed they were on the ship because they believed that, you know, these Anunnaki were going to come here and they were mining gold and taking the gold back to their planet. So this whole thing is kind of laid out in this regression and that these were then the Babylonian gods who came and helped the, um, the citizenry during those ancient times as well. So, you know, we, we all know there's no way these buildings could have been built by themselves. I mean, there had to have been something, 
you know, you can look at these documentaries about little Roman pulley systems and stuff like that, but they try to get guys to try to reenact that and they can't, they can't even lift it a foot or they can't move it an inch, you know? So something was amiss here. Something was, was working for us. And um, it's very interesting stuff for sure. I, I know it's so it's so, I love talking about the ancient past like it's so it's so intriguing because we, we don't have any answers but what I wanted to ask you this is like where do you think this and this is a tough question because it's like it's so speculative no matter what I think like where do you think the information from a from a regression comes from because I'll, I'll just tell you I've had some regressions myself I've, I've put a couple on my channel for people to watch because I just wanted to get people's opinions on what they thought when I did them I was like 50 50 on, on I was like am I, did I did I do this but then like when I died in the regression like I got shot in the chest and like in this lifetime my chest kind of like started to like um like didn't it didn't hurt but it felt like tight like I couldn't breathe like you know and the person who was doing my regression said okay calm down you'll be fine and then my my soul left my body and and from what I remember and um and I thought that was really weird so I was I was I was always thinking I was like where do you think this comes from is this like ingrained in our soul or or what would we would call consciousness or is it in the collective consciousness and we might be recalling other people's memories or what you, if you had to guess, what would you think? And sorry, that's a tough question. No, it's a question I enjoy. Um, so much to, to say about that. Um, we don't, first of all, I've always said, we don't know for sure. And we really have no way to prove this. There are certain cases that they've proven because the little boy identifies the whole family or whatever and his wife or whatever, who's now old or whatever. There's those kinds of things. But theoretically, there's no way for us to know whether the information received in the regression is something that's deep in the subconscious mind from a documentary somebody watched or whether it was really their own past life. Um, I just think of this as a healing technique. So if someone has a fear, for example, or a phobia, and I say, go back to the source event when this happened or the origin point, and then they're able to see that they were in medieval times and do this big healing on it, and they're able to bring that back into the now and feel better about it, then to me, that's more important with than really trying to prove whether it's real or not. But to your point about how you experienced your, your sensation, you know, when you got shot and things, I mean, what's weird about it is, um, gosh, there's so much to say, you know, when, when I'm taking people on a regression journey and there's some on my YouTube channel and things that people can try for free, even, you know, you have different levels of brainwaves. When we're talking here, our brainwaves are going very quickly in beta. Then we slow it down to alpha. So in the alpha state, that's the same state you'd, you'd be in if you were meditating. But in the meditation, you're still aware consciously of what's going on around you. And that's always been the state that I've kept people in. So in that state, there's part of you that's going, this feels like I'm making it up. This is ridiculous. And yet some of these pictures, thoughts, and feelings are bubbling up from somewhere in the subconscious mind that are telling a story about the thing that you've come to resolve. And so um, when you're describing that, this feeling of, wow, this feels weird, or I feel like this is something I'm making up, um, that's very, very common. And yet the other thing that you also experience that others do is but then why would I have come up with this? I mean, surely, you know, you, you think, would I really have made that up? And so you do have to wonder where that comes from. I, I tend to, of course, I believe in reincarnation. Yeah. I do believe that the soul isn't just coming around this one time. 
So we could be at different times tapping into a collective consciousness, or we could be tapping into our own lives um, or both. I mean, the other thing I'd written another book came out in 2021 about um, our ancestors. It's called heal your ancestors to heal your life about this genealogical regression that I was taking clients on when I, I would intuit that they didn't really need to go to their own past lives, but we can go back in time and start remote viewing almost on our ancestors who are normally, you know, either sick and dying or they're on a battlefield. You know, it's not normally very pleasant, but we can send light to them and it starts to make the individuals themselves as well as their family members start to feel better in the here and now because we sent light to somebody who lived hundreds or thousands of years ago. So I think these influences um, are coming from all of these different places whether we're called to heal the collective as a society, as a world, as a global consciousness, or the ancestors, which is a big deal right now. It's it's becoming more and more um, in the conscious awareness that it's something that needs to be done, or whether these are our own past life influences that need to be transmuted. And I, I just, I tend to think that our eyes are like little movies and that everything we've ever seen over many, many lifetimes, over thousands of years is in here somewhere, but because modern psychologists say, you know, you can only hold seven chunks of information consciously at any given time, we have to be asked specific questions so that we can bring that stuff up and access it. And so I believe it's all in there, but exactly where it's coming from is one of the great mysteries, I think. Yeah. I wanted to tell you, I, uh, in my one regression, I was, I, I lived my grandfather's life. Now here's, what's interesting about this. Like I knew my grandfather was a prisoner of war in world war II. Like yeah. I had that in my head. So I was told that when I was a kid, but he never talked about it. Cause he was like sick when I was a young kid. So it wasn't like I knew anything about his situation. I just knew that that existed. Now, when I went into my regression, I lived the life of a World War II prisoner, like a prisoner of war in World War II. And it was, you know, I, I, I saw the, the, the conditions, you know, I, I, I could feel his clothing that he was in. Like, you know, um, it, it was just very weird. I was having a hard time explaining it, but that made me think that, you know, maybe like there was some soul healing needed to be done on his life. And then also I was wondering if his soul is connected to mine and maybe that was healing that I needed as well. Wow. That is so interesting. Um, you know, there are regressions where people go back into their own past lives and discover that they're part of their current family. So, I mean, that could be going on or you could have definitely tapped into a need that there just needed to be a healing for him and that whole side of the family. And then by just experiencing that, you know, that really shifts the energy around everyone in that whole family line, you know, when you do that. Yeah, that's so interesting. But it sounds like you did it by accident. That is very interesting. Yeah. So is that what you kind of do with the, the heal your ancestors, heal your life, but you probably do like a healing while they're in that moment, right? Yeah, it's it's a similar process to the past lives. Only when we go into our past lives, we arrive and then we're, you know, we're like looking out of our eyes, which would be called like associated, looking out at, you know, a cave or wherever we're at. Whereas here we're going out and then we experience ourselves almost like flying and we're gazing down like onto a battlefield. Usually we're not associated into the event, but I would ask clients, okay, well, who's there? Do you recognize anyone? They'd be like, oh my gosh, that's my six times great grandfather or whatever. Okay, great. Well, what's happening? Well, there's a war. Okay, or whatever. Or we're at a funeral or someone's sick. 
let's just sit here now and concentrate on imagining light is coming down from above. And then we're going to send light to everyone in this scene. And let's just sit here and send this healing light until this feels a little bit better. Because obviously, if it's a battle, I mean, we're not going to jump for joy and turn a cartwheel, but we could make it feel a little bit less tense, a little bit better. And so once that happens, then they're usually engaging also with their, um, like their parent, either on the mother or father's side. So then I'll have them notice that, you know, mom or dad looks lighter, and then they start to feel that light coming into their own body because they're sending the ideas. We're sending this healing through time to all ancestors who live between this battle or whatever it is. And right now, and then we can also send that grace and light to current family members who are alive, people who have yet to be born in future generations. And it's super easy to do really. um, But it's very powerful. And yet in that case, we're doing it on a more conscious level, but it seems like what you described there though, just being there and, and just that empathy, that knowing of what somebody went through, it's just so profound when you think of what our ancestors all had to go through so that we could even be here. That's a real huge healing that you did, I'm sure. Yeah, it was very weird. Like, I wondered why my mind took me to that. Because, you know, they take you down a hall and you open a door and then you, you're like, they they open the door and they're like, what do you see? And I started just, just describing like these harsh conditions, like, you know, um, it, it, it was just, it was just, I can't remember it. I'd have to watch it over again, but like, it was very strange. Like, um, it, it, and it, it seemed like I went back to a war scene every time, but then like our ancestors went through a lot of war, right? It seemed like, yeah. I mean, I know I was in two different wars and two different regressions. Like I, 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 one was like a world war one scene. And then the other one, I, I really felt like I was my grandfather in world war two. I, you know, especially because what's weird is we look alike too. Like if I look at pictures of my grandfather, we almost look exactly alike. And I know we all look like our ancestors, but this is like very uncanny. So it makes me think that our souls are very connected on some deeper level. And I assume he passed before you were born. No, he, he passed, my grandfather passed like when I was like 12 years old. Oh, okay. Okay. So like I would hear stories that he was a prisoner of one world or two, but I, like, again, I didn't know anything about it. So it was very weird. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was strange, but do you think we're, we're all connected on a soul level to our family members? I know it now. Yes. And I think actually it's come into my awareness um, that it's more profound and deeper than I would have ever even guessed even a year ago. Um, this genealogical regression, that's what I was calling it. I started doing that back in the early 2000s, but just for private clients, if I'm sensing, wait a minute, yeah, we'll go into your past life, Rob, but first we need to go talk to your parents and see if they need a healing today. So I kind of, this kind of developed over time and it was something I kept to myself. And my publisher said, hey, would you write another book for us? And I said, well, maybe I should take this little thing out of the drawer. And then right as it was coming out, there's been a lot of this kind of discussion. And what happened was that um, the CDC is actually doing studies on the fact that they know, like this is not just woo-woo nonsense. They know that 20% or maybe even more in some cases of our personality, they're saying, is coming straight through our DNA. And they've done studies on um, like people who are descendants of those who survived the Holocaust. And they've shown that They have um, elevated cortisol levels, which are stress hormones, and they have different kinds of markers for different diseases that's much greater. Like they've now concluded that they have 
uh, embodied ancestral trauma that's getting carried through their DNA, through these stress hormones and stuff. So this is actually on the CDC website. And I've talked about that in my book. I mean, um, so this is not just mumbo jumbo nonsense now. And it's just getting more and more. They've done one of the other ones um, I wrote about recently was there's something called the Dutch hunger winter. This is again, a world war II thing where people were just severely malnourished and just under incredible stress. And they were just showing that um, kids born during that time, you know, that they picked up that stress and things like that. So not only personality wise, but stress that the thing is though, I mean, we believe in healing. We have the consciousness now to consciously shift and heal these things. So of course we can transform them, but we certainly cannot deny them that they exist uh, because they do. That doesn't mean we can't heal and transmute, but then I had taught a, about a seven week long course with the shift network earlier this year about the ancestor book in 2022 earlier this year. And so many of the students were like, well, you know what? I just know that I'm here because I'm supposed to heal my ancestral karma. And it's just a lot of people waking up to this. There's a lot of new books now being written about it also because it's gotten into um, something that is probably even more popular to look into right now than even the past lives anymore. So I'm still saying we're bringing it in from past lives as well, but we cannot deny that there's something to that and that if we could go back to scenes like I I guess since you and your grandfather were alive at the same time you're not his reincarnation but um, I do regress clients from time to time who realize that they are their five times great grandmother or something but you never know maybe you knew him there maybe you were in that prisoner camp with him I mean you know I don't know I'm just now speculating but I mean anything could have happened or maybe you just your soul on some unconscious level but on the same wavelength that so many other people are waking up to right now you said you know what i need to go into that space and just for empathy reasons for healing reasons to send grandfather this peace and healing that we can do now because we have the consciousness we're in um, a time in history that's very unique in that level we've never had a chance to do the kinds of healing and things that we're doing now no no it, it does make a difference Oh, yeah, I, I I would agree, and it, I, I wanted to ask you, you you the part of the other part of your book is other worlds. Like, so did did you have people who said they were like a Pleiadian or a Arcturian or a um, you know, like an alien or an extraterrestrial, or, and did they know where they were from? They don't always name where they're from. Um, I do have people who believe they're. I've had them cite that yeah they're part of an Arcturian family or they're part of a Pleiadian family they don't always necessarily go out to those places and experience themselves on those those planets Um, I've got some in this new book where they're like one person's out on this icy planet doesn't really name the planet and then other people who are flying around in ships and different things like that and then one of the other things with that is um, some people believe that they've had a soul agreement with extraterrestrials in this current lifetime to either help them with different things. And so there's one um, pretty interesting case study about a client who believed that she had made an agreement with the greys to be part of the human hybrid breeding system. And so she goes into a space where she can meet with this alien and say, hey, am I done with the agreement that we had? And, And then that gets resolved. And people can also um, go on a guided journey to see if they've ever had those kinds of agreements and things like that as well. 
That's so interesting. And I, I wonder if we have those soul contracts or soul agreements. Like, But then I also think, are the aliens lying to us? Because they have such a higher technology, if they're real. And I think they are very real, because I think a lot of people went through this abduction phenomena. And like, especially in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, especially when Whitley Strieber came out with communion, like, it seemed like it just kind of popped off. And like, it was everywhere, right? And like, it seemed like people were having these experiences. And I, I just figured like, what, what is up with this? Like, why do they need our DNA? You know, I, I've always wondered this, like, but do you get a lot of clients that say they're in this gray hybrid ET program? It happens occasionally, yeah, uh, over the last several years. Yes, occasionally, um, not often, not often, but, it, but yeah, a few times for sure. I don't know why. I think it's still part of, like you said, once Whitley Stryber puts this out there, maybe there were people that had that experience and they just didn't know how to even put it into context until they read that. You know, I don't know. I I don't know what their purpose is. And this regression, it goes into pretty great details about the idea that the being is trying to portray the fact that they are not evil. They were trying to help their species. This is what they felt they needed to do. And, you know, they were not meaning harm or anything like that. Yeah. Now, is my that last true? Question, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, the last question I had for you is um, your relationship with Dr. Raymond Moody. I really look up to him for like what he's done with near-death experiences. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Wow. I mean, I feel like I'm the luckiest person alive um, that I've had such a great friend in Dr. Moody all these years. Um, When I was a kid, I read his book when I was just a little kid and it made a huge impact on me as I know it still makes on millions of people around the world. And um, through a really bizarre series of events many years ago, um, he was the consciousness studies chair at the Bigelow Institute in Las Vegas, which is Robert Bigelow. He had this big consciousness um, I don't know. It's part of the University of Las Vegas, basically. This happened 20 plus years ago. And he needed a research assistant. And I applied for that job. The job ended up, they didn't need that position anymore, but I ended up meeting Raymond. He wrote the foreword for my first book called Origins of Huna, which was about um, another healing system that I'd been involved with. He wrote the foreword for that. We became great friends. We used to go travel and um, do different things together. And then he's come back. I, I had a book on the Akashic records come out. He just endorsed and he's just been a, a huge, um, inspiration to me and he's just a fantastic person. So that's awesome. That's something we didn't cover was the Akashic records. Maybe we should get into that real quick. Like, because they let people, you know, you do that too. Now, is this a separate service besides the, the hypnosis and the energy healing? And then you offer an, what an Akashic record reading? Is it, is that? I used to, my, my real emphasis now is to get people to, you know, to help them do this for themselves yeah. Um, after my weird near-death experience, um, one of the many things that Raymond and I have talked about over the years, I came back with healing energies in my hands and I had a knowing about like the fact that we can talk about your past lives, but there's also an energetic component to memories that has to be healed. And then I started realizing that you could be talking about something really mundane, like you went to the grocery store and I would be like, I would feel like I was on your shoulder just looking while you picked out vegetables or something. And I realized that I I was seeing the things that were going on in other people's heads. And so um, my ability ended up being, I, I just knew who people were in past lives. So I really didn't need them to go on the regression process. 
but I began um, stopping the read, doing the readings as much. I was a reader for a number of years as well, but I felt like the regression was probably better for the client because they are discovering it rather than me telling them. I always feel like it's better if we can discover these things for ourselves on some level. So in the book, Journeys Through the Akashic Records, um, I'm talking about, to me, the records aren't, it's not a, a file cabinet. It's not a library. It's, it's that realm where all information exists. And so the book really is filled with the different kinds of guided journeys that I've taken my clients on over the last 20 plus years, whether it's just learning how to bring a, a light through, protect our energy field, walk through the doorway into a first room. And then like you mentioned earlier, opening up different doorways with different intentions and then finding answers to all of the big questions that we have in life. Like, why am I here? What's my soul purpose? Who is my soul group that I'm hanging out with? What are my past lives? I mean, that's one of them. Grief recovery. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And so the book is just um, there to assist people in accessing these answers for themselves. That's awesome. Like. And I, what I was going to ask you was, and, and this is my last question. I, I know I keep saying that, but I, 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 this is such an interesting interview. I think this is going to be well, really well received, by the way, because it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. But I just want to ask you, is it possible for us to hypnotize ourselves and get into these deep states of like, like, I guess that would be like a theta state or, an, or like you said, an alpha where we're meditating, but we're in this trance type state and we're guiding ourselves through this journey, this past life journey. Is that possible? Is that what you're trying to do? Yes. Yes. It's absolutely possible. I think that we've been historically conditioned or whatever you want to call it, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been different. Everything was still secret. Now everything's out. And the reality is that even though I had a strange experience that got me into this weird work that I'm currently in, I do not believe that people have to have a supernatural experience in order to access these realms of consciousness. And so I believe my processes are very properly put together. And if people just go through them, people can get the book, read the process into an app, or if people don't want to do that, that's what I'm suggesting they do because your subconscious mind likes to hear you but if you don't want to do that, then I have a online platform where I record all the journeys in these books so people can go, I'll be taking them through it, but they're still doing the work on their own. And then I'm guiding people on why we need to keep journals and make notes of these things that are occurring to us, because you might have one thought one day and then a couple of weeks from now, whoa, it's all going to come together, you know, and I really believe again, because we're in the the speed of everything is just speeding up and our consciousness is expanding that we can do this if we know exactly how to do it and the and the processes by which um to do it and that's what i show people in the book in this book and then in ancient lands which just came out a little bit later we go through that same thing only here we're focusing on the door that leads into our past lives whereas in the other book we're going through all kinds of different doors to get answers to those questions Wow, that's amazing! That's amazing. Well, uh, just where to find your uh, find your website where they can get your books and get your services if they would like to. And thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh, Rob, thank you so much for having me back. It's been great. Um, people can find me on pastlifelady.com. And then there's a book link that will take you over to my Amazon, but my books are at Barnes and Noble and other places as well. And then I've got a YouTube channel that's linked up there and my online platform and things like that on my events page. It's all there at pastlifelady.com.
thank you again. I think this is going to be, like I said, I think people are going to really enjoy this and uh, I'll send you a link when that I That sounds it. great. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks, Rob. Good seeing you.